it is I think it's the it's the next thing in my life that I feel truly passionate about and it's it's the closest thing I have to competing in in another meet we're going to go out on the field. We're going to score as many goals as we can. We're going to have fun. Oh, Becchio, well placed. Come on, Jake. Come on, Jake. It has been my pleasure and my honor to represent you all. Do you remember how you came to latch on to your sport? So it wasn't until I was 11 years old that I finally, you know, tried it. My mom drove me an hour and a half down to Georgia Tech for like a three-hour practice. I guess it wasn't three hours yet. It was, but it was pretty intense. And um, it was just, you know, it was exciting. And I, I was just naturally really good at diving. And I liked trying new things that pushed me outside of my comfort zone. And it wasn't until I actually got hurt my sophomore year of high school, I couldn't play any sports um, I hurt my back, and that's when I really realized how much I love diving and really wanted to pursue, you know, like a career in it. Um, I just I learned a lot about myself and where I, you know, was strongest and what kind of pushed me, and I found like my purpose in, I guess. Yeah. So, um, so it ended up aligning really well for me because it was what I was naturally good at, and then I was able to fully commit to it myself rather than being kind of forced into it, if it makes sense. Lauren Hall was an athletic kid. Nature and nurture had a hand in that. She played a lot of sports growing up, but none of them nestled their way into her heart and influenced her life quite like diving did. She gave a lot to diving, and it gave a lot back. She was Georgia Diver of the Year twice and an All-American. She competed at nationals in high school. Diving got her to college, a scholarship to the University of Hawaii, where she also excelled. No matter the spaces she moved in, her diver status went with her, like a hello, my name is name tag. You know, I think, like I said, I I come from a really big athletic family, so when I was introduced to people, it was always, oh, you're the diver, and... It's any time I was it, you know, I mean, I got to school and you, I don't know if you went, you experienced the same thing, but my freshman year of college, you know, when you're, when you're being introduced to your classmates, it's kind of like some of the teachers will do like an icebreaker and they'll say like, say something about yourself. And it was always, you know, I'm a diver. I'm, I'm from Georgia and I went to the University of Hawaii to dive. Like that's, it's always been the message Mm -hmm. that I've had and you know, it, was, it really was a label and um, an identity for me that everyone knew me by. And still to this day, it's like I haven't dove in five years. And it, we, I had a company Christmas party recently. And they're like, oh, we saw one of your diving videos. So you're a diver. <laughs> and I think that's the weird part. I felt like everyone knew. And then all of a sudden, especially starting a job, it's no one knows who you are no one really cares you're just like everyone else and I think that that was like a shock for me after sports because it was like I can't fall back on that diving label and that athlete label it was just kind of like I guess I have to find something else that's a fun fact about me (laughs) because it doesn't matter anymore you know (laughs) okay well to Lauren and others listening 
a non-diving, more fun, in my opinion, fact exists about you now, but we'll get into that. Let's get back to five-ish years ago when Lauren was diving and being a cool kind of athlete was her go-to info for icebreakers. Like, what, 95% of life in general, her final season of diving didn't go as planned. I wasn't expecting my last meet to be my last meet, so that made it a little bit harder of a transition for me. Um, It was kind of, so I I struggled, like I said, I I hurt my back my sophomore year of of high school, and then I was able to come back from that and really um, excel past to where I was before I got hurt, which was a huge blessing. And then um, my junior year, I messed up on a takeoff and hit my feet on the platform and I was in a boot and a cast Mm. for like a month you know so I had to kind of like break through that injury pretty quickly which I did um I ended up like still doing well that season and I didn't have to sit out or anything I think I only had to sit out for one meet so it wasn't anything bad but then once it got to my senior year um we had a very windy practice I was blown off the board and I ended up hitting my, I was blown off the board weird on my takeoff. I hit my foot on the board, um, my poor feet. And I ended up breaking the arch of my foot right before oh, wow. our conference meet my senior year. So I couldn't really practice. Um, and I was diving on it, you know, for the last two, three months um, of my career. And once I got to the zone meet, I missed NCAAs by like less than 10 points mm-hmm. and I had one more opportunity to to compete. I had my platform event last, but in my um, my three meter event, my other leg started giving out and it looked like I was developing a stress fracture because I was overcompensating right. so much for so long to figure out how to jump off the board with a broken arch. Um, so I without it really being my decision, you know, my coaches and our trainer just for my own safety decided to pull me from the meet. And they just said like, you know, your, your body's really struggling. And I had a, I had a doctor before I left that was like, if you don't make it, you know, you probably need to, to hang up the suit. Your, your body's just breaking down. You have a long life ahead of you after diving and you want to be able to like, you know, have a good lifestyle and be able to stay active. So it was, it was really hard for me because I didn't want to, I didn't want to end. I didn't want to quit. Um, I knew I had a lot left in me, but you know, things happen and that's getting hurt is really what caused me to have to mm-hmm. stop. And of course, being an athlete, no matter the level, the sport, getting hurt is part of the job you go into it knowing that there's probably you're going to walk away with aches and pains, but it's that mentality that we were trained to have of you fall down, you get back up and you keep getting back up Mm -hmm. until finally it's like you come to the end of that, like times, you know, you're a lot at time, especially in college where you're like, well, I need to get back up and do it again. And it's just like, for what, you know, like you're, you graduate and like for diving, especially, there's not really, uh, I mean, and really for a lot of women's sports, I mean, I know we're getting better, thank God, but, you know, there's not really like a professional level. You can mm-hmm. go to the Olympics, but it's like there's two spots usually allowed for 
for a female to go to the Olympics and you can go into Red Bull cliff diving, but it's, you know, your body better be in tip top shape because you're now not only like dealing with an impact from 10 meters, which is 33 feet, you're going up even, you know, double or triple that, not triple, but double that, you know? And, um, so I think like that's, that was the hardest part after it is it's just like, you know, how do I keep going? And then you're realizing, well, I can't. And then how do I take that mentality of never stop and never give up and apply it to something else that doesn't, doesn't have the same rush and the same drive and the same adrenaline. And, you know, it's, it's different. And I think that was the hardest part for me because you're right. Like, and my coaches and the trainer were, were, you know, they were right. And it, I, we have conversations now still about that. It's, it's like, there's so much more. And especially being a, a female, you know, like for me to have a bad back, I have to think about, you know, like, what if I want to have kids one day? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in a bed on bed rest because I can't move because my back is just in shambles, you know, like, um, so I think there's so much more, but we're trained and taught for so many years of our life to just think about the next meet or the next game and do whatever you can to be at your, at your best when, when it starts and when that day comes, you know? So I've struggled with this exact thing a ton. It's such a fine line to walk and most athletes don't ever figure it out. When do you push through discomfort and get back up? Because that is part of sports and it is going to make you stronger. And when do you listen to your body? When do you listen to the important voices that are saying, hey, this isn't good for you. This isn't a test of your fortitude. This is actually hurting you. For Lauren, the grit she did develop via diving, the positive side of that coin that comes with the athlete experience, that has actually been a huge advantage in the world she's now finding herself in, the business world. So when I was finished with my diving career, it was like, well, I'm going to go get the best job that I can, and I'm going to be the best that I can at that. And so I, I was a finance and international business major, so I got a job with a, um, you know, a huge investment firm in New York City. I was one of three girls on the desk. So I saw that as a huge challenge, one that I could compete with. You know, I could still maintain that, that kind of competitive edge. And I just quickly um, crumbled. I mean, I've, I've never felt more insecure about myself, more, I've never had more doubts in myself because I felt I honestly went through an identity crisis. She was super out of her element. She was learning skills on the fly that she wasn't used to. She was navigating the feelings that come with being one of the only women in a very male-dominated space. Overall, she was no longer in an arena she felt confident in, in the ways that she once did in the pool. And to just exacerbate things even more. On top of that, I was so uncomfortable in what I was wearing um, because at the time I was like 20 pounds heavier in muscle mass. I had traps. I had, you know, shoulders, shoulder muscles. I had, you know, a tiny waist and and larger thighs because I worked out, you know, I was, I was squatting and I was, I worked hard for that body. And I found myself quickly 
feeling really bad about myself because mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't fit into these suits or, you know, that lifestyle that I was around every single day. And it, it really messed with me mentally. And I started thinking like, why am I buying a size up in a suit so that I can go and spend like a hundred dollars to get it tailored. So it shows my figure. And then on top of that, I'm having to go dry clean it. And so it's like my whole, like my whole thought process for my daily routine was just, I mean, it was like a slap in the face of reality. Like Mm -hmm. I am not the girl I once was. I'm waking up at 7am to do my hair and makeup or I get, yeah, 7am do my hair and makeup. And I'm having to think about when I need to go pick up my dry clean. Should I iron this shirt? I mean, it was just like, this is adulting and it sucks. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, I mean, so I, it was kind of all of these things. I started thinking like, you know, there has to be a different way. And, and really, um, what finally did is I was late to work cause I was doing my hair. So I decided, Oh, I just run up the stairs and beat the crowd from the subway so that it didn't delay me. And I could make my 8am meeting. And as I was running, I like, you know, I skipped a couple stairs so I could get up faster and my skirt ripped um, in the back. Mm-hmm. So not only was I late, but now I'm walking in with a ripped skirt, which is, you know, not it. terrible. Yeah, I know. Um, so then I was just like, I, I finally, like, that's really what gave me the idea is I'm watching these men run upstairs in their khakis or, you know, and they're wearing their, their flats and I'm in heels and this tight skirt, I can't move in. And I was like, I hate this. So then I started doing some research on, is there anything out there for women to have comfortable suits? And, you know, what's the, what's the body type that's being modeled? And it's all these women that I don't really see a lot of muscle on Mm -hmm. and it's all made out of wool. You know, you have to dry clean everything for the most part. And so I got the idea, like, what if I can make suits out of athletic leisure material that allows an easier transition because obviously there's like there's a style that needs to be maintained um and it and I did a bunch of research women like dressing up and like looking formal they're just so uncomfortable when they do it right so it's like this it's a it's supposed to be a confidence builder but then after you wear it for a little bit you're so uncomfortable that you actually end up feeling more insecure and so that was the biggest thing that I wanted to change and I wanted to give women the opportunity to be able to run up the stairs because that's your natural reaction <laughs> as being an athlete or living an active lifestyle and not have to worry about ripping your your skirt. And um, and the other thing was if I was sitting in these conference rooms and these I started thinking like, you know, there's this it's all over me, the media now, but it's like, you know, how, why why are, is there a lack of a female presence in the boardroom? And I started looking at it and I would watch these, you know, if we had like someone important from management come into a meeting, a man was always the first to shake their hand because they didn't have to worry about adjusting their clothes when they Mm -hmm. stood up. Mm -hmm. So I started watching all these women like, you know, smooth down their skirt or their dress before they shake their hand. So they're always number two. And so then I'm, I started thinking, what if I could create something that fits us better so we don't have to worry about our skirt riding up or we don't have to or twisting or so that's really what gave me the idea. And I just kind of ran with it because 
I really saw it as a problem for myself. And so I'm like, if, if worst comes, you know, worst case scenario, I'm giving myself something that I can be more confident in. And that's really, I really, I mean, that was the whole kind of goal is I want to give women that confidence to be a contender in the boardroom and to be that CEO that can, you know, really be their most badass self. (laughs) Yeah. And with that, Lauren's clothing brand brainchild, Poshly, was born. It is, I think it's the, it's the next thing in my life that I feel truly passionate about. And it's, it's the closest thing I have to competing in, in another meet. Being a student athlete can be difficult in its own right. So I'm not trying to make this like misery poker, but starting your own business. Yeah, that's really difficult. It's, it's terrifying. Like we, we see on Instagram and Facebook, all these people starting a business and I'm quickly learning. This is no joke. This is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. But at the same time, I just know how miserable I felt and I know how hard it was for me to transition that I'd rather risk everything I have and be my most vulnerable self to maybe help somebody else ease their transition and to give them the same confidence they had when they would step on the board or step on the court in their athletic uniform as they do when they step into their their new career or the office in their, you know, professional suit. So that's really, you know, that's where the passion is and I'm willing to do whatever I can to to make it happen. Lauren is a self-admitted adrenaline junkie. That rush a complicated bundle of both fear that comes with potential failure and happy high that comes with pulling it off, executing something well. That is such an important fuel source in this experience of growing poshly. That feeling I get. So really, I think it's just it's talking to people that I think won't want to talk to me. And it's it's really like trying to network Um because you're going to these people that have done it and kind of walking in saying, I need help, or can you answer this question? At times you it's, you know, it's you're putting yourself out there, you're being vulnerable. Um, So I think that's part of it. But it's, there's a lot of people that that like take interest in you and and want to help. And it's been it's been pretty rewarding to see people come out. That's like validation that I would be, I'm kind of like afraid to ask somebody to work with me and Mm -hmm. to like hear my mission, you know? So I think um, that's been a really challenging part for me and I'm a pretty outgoing person. So um, (laughs) I was surprised that was the challenging part, but then seeing how it's bringing people together and how I'm able to grow from others, that's been really, really cool. And then I think the same is uh, showing people my clothes because, you know, it's like you put so much time and effort and I love it and I want to wear it, but now I'm having to have like show them to other people and listen to criticism um, at times or they tell me they love it and it's the best thing ever. But it's that it's that second before um, before you approach them that's the worst but then always when I walk away, it's the best, whether they gave me positive feedback or negative, it's, it's a step forward. And it's one, I'm one step closer to this becoming like a real thing. It also feels important to note that Warren was never some clothes obsessed, doodling skirt designs in class type of person. So I have no fashion 
background whatsoever. She was able to connect with a former designer in L.A. who showed her not even the ropes of the business of fashion, but, like, the threads that make up those ropes. She was so great with me, and she kind of said, here's the steps that you need to take. And I'm like, well, I don't even know what that means. I don't, like, what's a pattern? And it's basically, like, a recipe for the person sewing the garment. Mm-hmm. So if I, I like to cook, so I that's how I explain it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I had no idea, and I just was connected with the right people, and I told them my vision, and I, as I was explaining what I was seeing, and I'd kind of, you know, like, I'd try to draw it out, but really it was just the communication for me and then as I was telling them they're drawing it for me and I was able to kind of say like yes that's what I want or no like I Mm -hmm. think maybe try this so um it probably wasn't the smartest way for me to go about it but we made it happen and you know I really it was the contact out in LA who was just she was so kind and and caring and you know just so helpful to really like make this happen and now it's now I feel a lot more confident and I kind of know the steps and how to kind of go about it so really really that was the start is communicating them drawing it then it's the pattern um you know where they create that recipe it's like a 3d design and then they would pass it to the sample maker and on average you do like three to four samples and I've done six or seven samples Mm -hmm. so it's been a lot of back and forth, but I was, you know, I want them to be perfect. I don't want to put a product out there that's not going to achieve the, the vision and message that I want to communicate. The vision is just about in full crystal clear focus. Poshly launches February 1st. It's, uh, I've been working on this for a little over two years, maybe even three years now. So to see it all kind of, you know, it's like a tangible product that now I'm able to put it out there and really start this this mission of helping women, you know, live this active lifestyle that they love and they need to be successful and to be their most confident self. I think it's going to be really cool just to see how it all plays out. So I'm very excited. Five years on from being a diver, here Lauren is, finding excitement, joy, and a healthy amount of challenge in her work, and gaining confidence in this next phase of life. With these sturdy blocks under her healthy feet, we'll point out, she can look back and give a couple of words of wisdom for the soon-to-be-retired and already-retired athletes. Just like never take anything for granted because there's times I look back and I was dreading that practice because it was raining. We'd had an outdoor facility. It was raining or I was tired and I had an exam I had to study for. And it's just, I wish I would have walked into that practice and just been like, you know, like just taking it in for everything it was because there's some sports that you don't have the, those, you don't have access to facilities like that. And you don't have, you know, your coaches with you every step of the way and your awesome teammates. And I think we tend, especially senior year, we tend to take it for granted. So that would be my, my best, my best advice to people going in their senior years, just enjoy every second of it. Even if it might not be your best day, just try to find something to like appreciate about it. Um, and then for, athletes that you know are 
transitioning out of that world, I think it's to, to kind of remember that you're not, your sport didn't build you. It's your character mm-hmm. built you in that sport and made you successful in that sport. And there's so many little things that we didn't even realize the sport was teaching us. And to remember that you are always an athlete and no matter what you do, figure out what drove you that sport. For me, it was like risk-taking, adrenaline rush. So that helped me in now in my career. And I think uh, if you kind of focus on those little aspects and use that to continue your drive, you'll be a lot happier and a lot more successful in, in your next chapter. Well said by Lauren Hall from Georgia current business owner of a -a one-of-a-kind woman's clothing line, meeting an unfilled need. There's your fun fact. Thank you to Lauren for coming on to the podcast, and thank you for listening. To learn more about Poshly and how to get their products, check out poshly.com. Hope to see you next time.